Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show presented by No House Advantage. We got Rams, we got Cardinals. Should be a good one tonight, but given what we've seen in many of these primetime games, it usually doesn't pick up until the fourth quarter, much like a basketball game, but that's okay. There's fantasy points galore in these like there were last night. I'm Dave Lochran at Loppy underscore D L O U G H Y underscore D for those of you listening in podcast form, hit your boy up and say hello to Matt Gajeski at Matt underscore Gajeski G A J E W S K I Matt. I don't know if you caught any of that game last night, truly insane game between the bears and the Packers points left and right. I mean, soared over the total. I think I might've hit the over in the first half. Just left Demir Bird, Jakeem Grant with the receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Aaron Jones gets in the end zone twice. Devontae Adams starts off miserably and comes in hot and ends up being huge as a captain. Uh, just all over the place. Not what I expected, but I profit. I had a great showdown night. It was just one of the craziest ones we've seen in a while. Yeah, I think it broke some records for most points in a quarter. I'm not sure if that was just the series between Green Bay and Chicago or if that was some sort of NFL record or a franchise record for one of those teams. But I saw on the broadcast, it, it did break some records. I just don't remember what it was. And that's typically not the performance you see out of Chicago. And I mean, they still got beat pretty bad, but it was positive to see Justin Fields at least bounce back from a pick six. He looked a lot better. Nagy said he was having a lot of fun. So they have that at least before he gets fired. But overall, it was an exciting showdown slate. It was really fun. And I think we're going to get some excitement out of this one as well. Rams. Cardinals two point spread 51 point total in Arizona. I mean, look, the, the Rams are one of those teams lately, Matt, and this is where I want to start where they're, they're unpredictable, enigmatic. One might say, I don't know what to expect of them from, from day to day. It's, it's really crazy when you look at how they've performed from week to week, the, the games that they've won recently let me let me give you the last four games that they've won, okay? Giants blew them out, but it's the New York Giants. Detroit Lions, that game was actually close for a while. Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They've lost in between, sandwiched in those, to Green Bay, San Francisco, got smoked. Uh, Tennessee got smoked. So is this just a, a, a an okay team that beats up on bad teams but can't hang against the good ones? Or should we expect a closer game tonight? It's really interesting to look at this team. I think some of this is due to injuries. So, like, I, it's hard to tell really how healthy Stafford is at certain times sure. because he, he's on the injury report and, and then he's reportedly fully healthy. And I feel like this has been a battle with him through his whole career. Some of the injuries we're talking about, you hear things pop up from Shefty saying – Stafford's got a back injury. He deals with this day-to-day -day through his whole life. So I have no idea what that is. I have no idea how much it affects him, but it at least raises the questions. And I mean, you're not surprised to see the Rams beat up on the Jaguars, whatever these teams may be, but perhaps that does affect him in some really competitive spots. And I, I think there are other parts of this team that are a little bit lacking. Everybody knows the firepower they have on offense, and they do have some star power on defense too. But there still are positions where this team is lacking. Their left tackle is 40 years old, which is he's still playing well. But I mean, that's a concern at a certain points. So I don't think this Rams team comes without weaknesses. Well, this is one of my favorite shows to do every week, Matt. I thoroughly enjoy it. 
and we're happy to have you guys with us. So hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Only takes a second. You know the drill. Help us combat the YouTube overlords. No, but for real, we got to feed the uh, the algorithm here. So if you like this content, you want to see more of it. Really, you want to help support us along the way. Uh, make it so that our views and shows are more visible and get recommended. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Help us build this channel as you've done. And subscribe if you haven't done so yet. We're at 68,300 plus on our way to 70,000. So uh, thumbs up, subscribe. You guys that hang out with us on the West Coast early in the morning, Midwest, I don't care, mountain time. Doesn't matter to us, Matt, East Coast. As long as you're here hanging out, we're on board. Yeah, thank you guys all for being here. It's also my favorite show to do. I like doing these deep dives. And on the main slates, I, I love the main slates. But we don't get to talk about some of these really ancillary receivers, the Scouronics, your number two tight ends, and everything we do for a showdown. So I also thoroughly enjoy it. Thank you guys for being here. No doubt. Uh, Sterling, AB will be with us on uh, Thursday. He's got you know, other things to attend to with the scheduling. So he had, either does Monday or Thursday, depending on what's yeah, going on. The, with him. the Bears played last night. He's probably not even home yet. Right. Yeah. Guy's got four kids, you know. Like eight dogs. Eight dogs. <laughs> he has at least three dogs, I think, doesn't he? Renovations going on in the room next door during the shows. Yeah, I mean, he's got he, he's got a lot going on. But he'll be with us Thursday. You're right. Yeah, the Bears played last night. So he's probably sleeping there. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, let's get started, man. Thumbs up one more time, and uh, let's dive into this. So the Rams on the road, only two-point dogs, divisional game. These games a lot of times can be pretty high scoring as well. Both teams have potent offenses. The I, well, Let's actually start with – let's start in the backfield. Sonny Michelle, Matt, last game played 97% of snaps. Touched the ball 27 times, had 24 carries, four targets. Uh, obviously, Murray only threw 15 times. They kind of just throttled the, the Bears. But he's on the field a lot right now. And it looks – all signs point towards Daryl Henderson, who's on the COVID-19 list, not playing. I don't think he's officially ruled out, but it appears that he's not likely to play tonight. If that's the case, you have to look at a guy in Sonny Michelle and think, okay – he probably should be a little bit more expensive than he is on DraftKings. You're paying 7,200 for a guy that's coming off a 27 touch game. Even if he doesn't get 27 touches, assuming maybe the game script flips a little bit negative, he's still going to be involved as a pass catcher as we've seen in recent weeks as well. Absolutely. He is definitely too cheap. I mean, this is a rare case of an NFL team carrying two backs on their active roster right now. And maybe they promote somebody, maybe they don't. There's still some time for them to make these decisions. But we're talking about backup Makai Sargent, who's an undrafted free agent. They are very comfortable giving Sony Michelle every single snap when the game is important, every single carry, every single backfield target. He's a supreme value. And like you said, the spread is close. And even if the Rams fall down in this game, you would think there's enough volume just from a raw target perspective for Michelle where his floor and ceiling combination is just so good for his price that he's somebody you need to consider at the very least in the flex spot. And I think he's going to be a pretty popular captain play as well, because he saves you a little bit of salary off the Kylers and the Staffords and the cups of the world. And he does help you kind of jam in those studs at the top. So I'm expecting him to be popular, but it's for good reason. It is. Look, the, the volume there is, is, is vital. And it's also not like Arizona's run defense has been stellar this season either. You know, if you look at 
what you've seen out of Arizona, they might not give up a ton of rushing yards every game. And a lot of that's because they're playing with the lead, but they're allowing 4.7 yards per carry on the year. That's the second most in football. They're, they, they, if there's a big weakness, the funny thing is you and I kind of not just us, but most people, anybody that had seen them in previous seasons and looked at their secondary heading into this year would have assumed that their secondary would have been a big issue. They've been, it's been maybe one of the biggest defensive surprises as a unit that we've seen all season long. I think it honestly might be the single biggest surprise. I Could thought be. this was, I thought it was a bottom three secondary in football. Like yeah. I, I really did. They've made oh. enormous strides. A lot of people thought it was bottom three. If you looked at, at the personnel, if you just evaluated it from what do we expect based on who they have and based on their history, this was going to be bad. And it turns out they're not bad at all. They're actually good. It's the run game that is given that has been gashed at times, especially when they're in competitive games. So you're not just playing Sonny Michelle for the volume. You're also playing him because it's not a bad matchup at all. Yeah, absolutely. And these teams have met. In the previous game, Sony was kind of an afterthought. They had Henderson, but he was wildly efficient in that game. 6.4 yards per attempt for Henderson. And we know Sony can replicate a lot of the things that he does. Henderson also had five catches for 27 yards. Again, Sony Michelle can take on most of that work. I see them as being fairly similar in terms of just one-for-one -one replacement. It's not like you're taking a huge step down going to Sony Michelle. So I don't think the efficiency or anything like that is going to crater in this spot. And we actually did have some struggles in the receiving game. It was perhaps Cooper Cup's worst game of the year against this secondary. He only had five catches for 64 yards. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen again. But at least worth noting that when they played, the Rams' primary method of success in moving the ball was in the ground. For sure. Uh, God, I, I – yeah. So the Cardinals, if you're just using PFF grades to make things easier, run defense, they rank 31st, Matt. They're basically aligned with the Jets, according to PFF. Pass coverage, they rank top seven. Pass rush, they rank top four. The run defense has been the biggest gap. And Sonny Michel's not bad either. He's fine. He's probably like a league average running back. And, and I'm okay with that in a spot like this. The, the pass catchers make it interesting. So I went back and just looked at the last two weeks since we've had Odell Beckham. I'm not including week 10 before the bye when Beckham made his first start because he only played like 24% of snaps and, and they didn't play him midway through the second quarter. He didn't come back out. So that to me is, is kind of moot. The target shares since week 12 over the last two games, Cooper cup, 26.3% Jefferson, 22.3 Beckham, 20% Higby, 15% and the running backs are at 12%. That's pretty much it. Skoronic saw like two targets in one game and, and then he was out. But you're, you're seeing, and I don't know if this is just, I, Matt, I, I honestly don't, it's a very small sample size, so we have to consider that. But I, I am wondering now if they're going to start spreading the ball around a little bit more and Cooper Cup still sees his, his solid target share because he has 10 plus tar 10 targets in back-to-back -back games. But are, are there any, is there anything that leads you to believe that maybe we see a little bit of a flatter distribution or should we still expect Cup to be seeing monster targets and far ahead of the pack? I think it'll still remain similar to where it's been. I mean, his target share to begin the year was absurd. So I was kind of expecting a little bit of negative regression with that anyway. But this team had Robert Woods before Beckham came over, and Woods still had a really healthy target share 
in that offense as well. And Cup was still able to get his. So even if there is some slight negative regression, I think Cup is still a fantastic play at his price. He's not egregiously priced, like out of the, and especially on a platform like FanDuel, he's actually cheaper than Kyler Murray over there. I think you can still play Cup. I, I wouldn't expect too much of a regression, but that's kind of just the sentiment I have with how the Rams are playing. I think the biggest knock you could have on him right now is the emergence of Van Jefferson because Van Jefferson was mainly an afterthought to begin the year. And he's really emerged into that wide receiver two role. I think he's even playing a little bit better than Beckham at this point, perhaps his emergence would be a bigger factor than anything else, but how do you view it? Okay. So I'm mostly in line with you, but let me present you with something that's, that's kind of interesting. Over these last two weeks, Odell Beckham appears to become to have become kind of the the predominant deep threat, right? You, th there's no more Deshaun Jackson. Van Jefferson's still getting some work. There's no doubt about that in the deep game. But uh, even if you were to take the the three games that Odell Beckham has played, I think two is more appropriate. But if you wanted to take three, that's fine. He leads the team with six deep balls, so six targets north of um, twenty plus yards. I still, once again, expect Jefferson to get some of those opportunities. He still has an eight out of 13.4 yards. Uh, but Beckham, yeah, 15.7 over that span. I actually don't mind that, though. I'm fine with Van Jefferson getting a little bit more of those intermediate routes and then some deep attempts instead of all deep attempts because I think it raises his floor but also increases or keeps his ceiling uh, pretty stable as well. So, I like all of these guys today, to be honest with you. I think, yes, Arizona, we just talked about how good their, their pass defense is. I still think all of these guys are viable. When you are a team like, uh, the, like, the, like the Rams that has one of the lowest game script adjusted run play percentages in the league, the good thing is Sony Michelle's too cheap anyway, so it doesn't matter if the Rams favor the pass and they use their running backs in the passing game. But Matthew Stafford's passing volume is absurd, even against Jacksonville. Matt, who wins 37-7 and throws almost 40 times? Maybe just Tampa Bay. Maybe. Right. Maybe Green Bay. And those are strong I don't even maybes. think Green Bay would. Because Green, Green Bay, Bay plays pretty high. Yeah, they have a pretty high run rate. And they play at the slowest pace in the league. Right. So, I... It's, it's the Rams, you're right, and maybe Tampa Bay. 38 pass attempts, they won 37-7. to seven. They're going to throw the football. So if that's the case, you still have a pretty – is it concentrated in the sense of, like, Metcalf Lockett? No. You know, it's not concentrated in the sense that you've got two guys soaking up 60% of targets. But Cubs probably still a 27 28% guy, maybe close to 30. Then you're going to get Beckham north of 20, Jefferson around 20 as well. And then Higby will get a decent amount, and he's on the field for almost 100% of snaps. I, I want to know where you, if you have a, a trouble getting to any of these guys, because quite frankly, I'm having an issue saying I don't like any of them on a pass-first offense and what should be a high-scoring game. I agree with you. I, I like all the pass catchers. One thing I think that kind of stands out for Beckham is his price. He's a little bit cheaper than Van Jefferson. And I think that makes sense. Van Jefferson projects a little bit better. He's played really well, at least of late. But you can save quite a bit of salary by going down to Beckham. 
and you have that big playability speaking to his ADOT. I think Higby at this point, he's, he's also cheaper than Beckham, but if you can find the salary to go up and access that big play ceiling, that makes a lot of sense to me. Higby did pop in a lot of optimals, but I think that is primarily just because of his price. He is the cheapest among the top four pass catchers for the Rams. But like you said, I have interest in all four of these guys. And if you're running multiple lineups, I think you should be spreading your exposure across the board to them. I'll be honest with you. You're, well, first of all, you're absolutely right about Higby's price point. But I think that price point on Higby is, is more than reasonable. And he has not had a good year. It's been disappointing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we would have liked to have seen more from Higby. But he'll still get some targets in the red zone. He still has a 15% target share since Odell Beckham came to town. You look at, you look at this over the, past, um, over the past however many, uh, since week nine, Matt. 10, 5, 5, and 6 targets. Go back a little further. 3, 8, 5. If you can tell me you're getting 5, 6, 7 targets for Higby on a showdown slate, on, a, on one of the better offenses in the league, it's going to throw a lot. I really, and he's going to be on the field a ton. Oh, and it's not just that he's, it's not like he's blocking either. He's running routes on 90 plus percent of dropbacks over the past couple of weeks. I still think that's viable. I actually like the overprop on him on, on odd shopper as well over receiving yards. We, his props at 35 and a half handle. Uh, you hardly have any juice on it either. Minus one Oh six. We've got him projected at 44.8, 61% expected win rate, 18% ROI odd shoppers. Totally free. By the way, if you click on shop NFL bets, you can check all of them out for it's awesome. It's a, it's a tool that I'm surprised isn't out there until now because it's that it's that beneficial and saves you that much time. I saw this Higby one, Matt, and I thought, you know what? 44.8 projected. I don't know. It might seem a little high, but it, but it really doesn't when you consider he's on the field for almost every single play and they love to throw. They're, they're throwing almost 40 times a game. I agree with this prop. And I, I was looking at Odd Shopper this morning, like pretty early in the morning. And I, this one has moved since I woke up. I actually was considering talking about this myself, but it was previously at like 32 and a half yards, but it had something crazy, like one minus 156 juice or something. I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot of juice to lay. So to your point, I would try to take this now because I'm not sure it's done moving at this point. We have it as a pretty wide gap between projection and where you can actually find the lines. I, I honestly don't think it's done moving. I'll echo everything you said about Higby. I think it's a fantastic prop to look at. For sure, man. I, I Anytime you're getting that passing volume, I'm okay with it. Matthew Stafford's got to be, he's got to be what? Top three in pass attempts this year? Yeah, I mean, they're, just looking at Odd Chopper, there's so much value towards the over, not just on Higby. Like, we have Stafford almost 20 yards above his prop. The one I really like is Cooper Cup. He's 20 yards above his. You can find that at 90 and a half. We have it projected for nearly 110 receiving yards. Like, how ridiculous is that projection on Cup? It's crazy. It's like Derrick Henry rushing yard props where you've got him projected well over a hundred and just nobody else ever gets that. Maybe Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. It's absurd. I, I like both of them. It's, it's crazy to me that you like the over 90 and a half. That's the, the, and so, and so does odd shop. Like how often does that happen? I think it would happen with just him and Adams. Devonte yeah. Adams. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, 438 attempts through 12 games. So he's going to, yeah, the, the guy's going to be close to, he's going to be 
480 attempts by the end of this game. I'm on board with both of them. Oh, that's, but that's also it. You look at what we, when we're talking about odd shopper and how our projections and how we like the over props, it's not surprising that we would like all these guys for DFS also like the overs just based on the volume of, of passing in this offense. Higby's cheap. Uh, Odell Beckham's perfectly reasonably priced and he's getting a lot of deep targets five over his last two games, Cooper cups, Cooper cup. Uh, and then Van Jefferson's getting a lot of opportunities as well. I, I will close out the, the wide receivers and or pass catchers with this. When it comes to cup, are you okay paying that much to captain him? There's a really interesting dichotomy between optimal lineups just from this morning. And I think we'll have to monitor projections throughout the day. Obviously there's a big situation with chase Edmonds. Rondale Moore is a guy that could fluctuate wildly in projections too, depending on some news we get, but it's either you pay down for one of those cheap, cheap captains, and then you get an extra player like a Stafford and a Kyler Murray in your lineup. Or if you pay all the way up and pay for like one of the QBs or a cup, you have to punt one more time. So a lot of those lineups don't have both quarterbacks. And I think that's a really tough decision right now. And I'm not entirely sure where I land on it. The lineups with like cup at captain, you're basically foregoing one of the quarterbacks for an extra value play. And then when you're punting at captain, you can get both QBs and cup and some of the other studs. I'm honestly not sure which way I'm going to land right now, but I think both constructions are viable. Okay. How about Matthew Stafford? I don't think he's healthy, but I also don't really think it matters at this point. Last game, he was very solid against Jacksonville. That's kind of a gimme. But even against Green Bay, when they got slaughtered, yes, they only lost by eight points. But if you watch that game, it wasn't competitive at all. They just put up some garbage time numbers and made it look a little cleaner. He still had a huge game, Matt. And at this rate, you just have to expect big passing production from him uh, or at least big passing volume. And that's kind of all I can ask for. What are you doing with him? I think he's completely fine. Like you said, he's played through the injury. So maybe he's not 100% healthy, but whatever he has to do to get himself ready for these games, he's been able to do it. And this is as competitive as a spot as we've seen all year. I think there's reasons you could get away from him the injuries won. There's a real chance that someone like a cup or a Beckham or Van Jefferson could outscore him based on touchdown volume or PPR volume. And then there's also the construction we have to deal with. If he has just a middling game and a cheaper player, like Sony punches in the touchdown, maybe he just ends up being a better play in one of your flex spots and maybe not the captain because he is a little bit cost prohibited. And we do have viable cheaper options, whether it's Michelle Beckham or some of the Cardinals players we'll talk about in our next segment, but there's reasons to get away from him. I think, you know, I kind of feel like this could be one of those days where a lesser priced player ends up being the optimal captain because of how many other good players we're trying to get into our lineups. You know, it, it, it's scary to captain Sonny Michelle. And we actually have him as a 14 and a half percent optimal captain, which is very high. Uh, top play probability, 15% cup is 38.8. So it gives you an idea like, yeah, cup has a cup has a, an obs in the optimal lineup. If you're looking at our top stack tool. Okay. If you're looking at top stack tool, Cooper cup, it's basically saying he's going to be, it's basically saying he's going to be in the optimal unless he gets hurt essentially. But 
at the same time, it's it's saying his chances of being the optimal captain are only 14.6%, which is still high, don't get me wrong, but it's in line with Sonny Michelle. And a lot of that, Matt, is just saying, okay, this is because he's so expensive, and you know this, but I'm just, is he so expensive that if you throw Cooper Cup in there, it might not do great things for the rest of your lineup. Whereas if you get a decent score out of a lesser expensive captain and have Cooper Cup at the utility spot, there's a better chance of that being in the optimal. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think on most slates, we don't have a lot of those viable options that could <laughs> score just enough where you access the ceiling to get Cup, Stafford, Kyler, whoever it may be in your flexes. But I think today we do, whether it's Odell or Sony, and we're not talking about going all the way down and punting at like the min price for captain, but even if you just go that tier below and hit those Sony's, the Odell's, Higby, I think would be an outside consideration. That's enough salary savings to get you the extra stud and that roster construction. As long as the Cups, the Staffords, and the Kylers don't go nuclear, if they just have average to above average games and Sony punches in the touchdown or something, that could be the construction that wins. Uh, I always hate rostering running backs at captain. I, no, I don't know. What's risky. That? No, it's risky. Like game script is, is could be great or just your enemy. Right. If it's Alvin Kamara, I want Alvin Kamara at captain every single game. You know, that's different, especially if it's not Taysom Hill. But even if it is, I, I might not even care because just give Kamara the ball and let him go to work. If it's a healthy Christian McCaffrey, you want him captain. Uh, even like a Jonathan Taylor or a Derrick Henry. Yeah, of course, because those teams will give them the ball 50 times a game. Exaggerating, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With Sonny Michelle, if this ends up being an air raid on both sides, you know, just straight aerial attack, shootout style, he's still going to get some work. I, I would still give him four or so targets, assuming Daryl Henderson is, in fact, out. And that's nice. But that really makes it tough for him to become the optimal captain, in my opinion. That's the only thing that worries me. And then you're trying to figure out how to build the rest of your lineup around them. Are you going Stafford and, and two pass catchers with Michelle? What are you doing? So, yeah, it always makes it a little bit tricky, especially with these games that have such high totals. For sure. And I think the pass rate for the Rams being where it is yeah, kind of makes me lean away from that. It, it's really just the price that is the most enticing thing with Sony if you're considering him at captain. I know. All right. Uh, William's talking about the Edmonds. Yeah. Well, well Chase Edmonds, they have till four o'clock. They have till four o'clock to activate him. And because he's on the IR, they don't need to report practice participation from chase Edmonds. so we'll see cliff kingsbury said it'll be a game time decision though whatever that means at this point pretty much nothing i don't know matt yeah, you have I think it's, just else? A, it's a fancy way to not answer the question exactly yeah ben skoronic anybody else you want to talk about here no the thing i like the most about the rams is they're so concentrated yeah. and they're already somewhat underpriced most of them at least so you don't have to talk about the Skaronics. They don't run 12 personnel really at all. They're basically just using 11 the whole time on the field with Jefferson, Beckham, and Cup. So it's pretty cut and dry. It's kind of weird that Jefferson is priced that much higher than Beckham. It is weird. And they both have slightly neg negative leverage scores in our tools. But Jefferson, his is much, much further down the board than Beckham. So I, if I'm playing one of them, it's Beckham based on that number. 
And I think you can captain them both. I think it's a low likelihood that they are the overall highest score, but similar to what Sony gives you, they both save you some salary. And if it's just Beckham that catches the touchdowns, outscores Stafford, maybe outscores Cup based on the touchdown production, that could be an avenue to like a large field tournament play. You mentioned that I think the most important point is they're just underpriced. I think Higby is, I'm not saying he's wildly underpriced. It's not like he's been lighting the world on fire. And we had somebody in chat talking about like, you know, Arizona already shut these guys down and this and that. Yeah. But it's a showdown. It's like, dude, it's one game. So if you're going to use a single game sample size prior to that uh, as reason to fade or lock on to someone that can, that can be an ill-advised approach going forward. I mean, you got to be careful with that stuff, Matt, especially when we have one game to choose from. It's not like, all right, fade this and go to the next one. I mean, like, even in a game they lost by 17 points, Stafford, 280 yards, two scores. Van Jefferson, six catches, 90 yards a score. Robert Woods scored. Cup had the worst game of his, his season, but even Daryl Henderson, nearly 100 yards. There was production. Right. In a loss. Yeah. In, in a 17-point loss. Right. That was the game where, yeah, they only scored 20 points. So, yeah. All right. And Cup was still targeted 13 times. Look, we both said it. Arizona has a good secondary. They do. But this is a good passing game. And these guys are too cheap anyway. Beckham is too cheap. If you want to look at his recent workload, Beckham is too cheap. He's getting a lot of opportunities downfield. He's scored in back to back games. Uh, Jefferson, I'd say, is the one that's reasonably priced. Obviously, Cooper Cup is expensive, but I'd say Higby is also someone that you're getting at a at a discount as well. So I like it. And and Sonny Michelle is is egregiously underpriced given his expected workload. Uh, Matt uh, Matt Gay, any any kicker defense action here you want to talk about before we get to the Cardinals? I think kickers little less desirable in these high scoring environments, but still definitely in play. They're not anyone I'm trying to like force into lineups, but I also limit them to certain amounts for defenses. I like the Rams pass rush. The issue is when you face Kyler, he's just so mobile that he evades a lot of these sacks. And I don't think you get as many opportunities for your strip sacks, your fumbles, your interceptions, because Kyler will just tuck it and run. He's not going to make a lot of those bad decisions that other non-mobile signal callers will make. So a little less interest in the Rams defense. All right. No House Advantage, sponsor of the NFL Showdown Strategy Show. Wonderful site that all of you guys should be checking out, whether it's nohouseadvantage.com, whether it's the App Store, the Google Play Store, doesn't matter. Check it out and download it using the promo, or sign up using the promo code AWESOMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Get a $25 deposit bonus when you sign up for the first time. They're bringing you a whole different way to play DFS with player prop uh, lineups. Very cool, too. The player prop contest, but you're building lineups. There's no juice, none of that. You're building a lineup with eight players. The ones you, the props you like, put them at the top, the most confident ones. You'll get the most points for them. The ones you're least confident in, you throw them down at the bottom, get the fewest points for that. You're building lineups with player props, just taking the over or the under. They have an insane menu of player props out there. Probably the big, one of the biggest you're going to see for sure. It's 100% peer-to-peer playing. It levels the playing field. And if you're using research from these shows or anywhere, it can all be applied to this. So it's not like you have to spend all this additional time researching them. You don't. 
You don't even have to spend additional time finding props at No House Advantage because we have our No House Advantage projections and the optimal lineups tool free, specifically made for No House Advantage at awesomeo.com every single day of the week. They will always be free. So use them in conjunction with that awesome promo code. And one final thing, Ben Ross mentions this all the time. The props are static. They don't change. So you can get in super early on these and get amazing opportunities where you compare them to our projections, to other books. You might say everyone's going to do that. No, it's not true. People miss this. That's how you find an edge. Go and take advantage of all of that. The free tools, the static props, the awesome promo code to get you $25 and sign up today at nohouseadvantage.com or download it in the App Store, Google Play Store, wherever that may be. All right, Matt, let's talk the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, we'll kick it off with him since you were just talking there. He only passed 15 times in his return to action last week. They didn't need to, to use him much, but he rushed twice, or he rushed 10 times for 59 yards and two touchdowns. That was his biggest rushing output of the season. Most rushes by a long, by a mile and most rushing yards by a mile. Interesting to see that in his return after a pretty long absence. Yeah, I think some of it was the injury ahead of time because we, we've seen an elite ceiling from him as a dual threat quarterback. So that's always in, his, in the cards for Kyler. Love that. Oh, do you think him. he was hurt? Do you think he was playing hurt for a while? Yeah, but it, again, that's so hard to tell, but sure. I... I, I don't know how else to rationalize away the limited production on the ground. I don't think he, they would just stop doing that as part of their offense all of a sudden. And now that he's had such a long absence, I think it maybe we can rationalize that away. But again, at, the one thing we want to consider for tournaments is that he does have that rushing ceiling, whether or not they're going to use it at design runs. It's there. So I think that's a good access point to his ceiling. And then he's playing the best football of his career as a passer. He's been over 70% completion percentage, like over eight yards per attempt. And I think a lot of it is just they're playing with elite weapons now. I even think A.J. Green is an upgrade over Larry Fitzgerald at this point in their careers. DeAndre Hopkins, he's now returned to the lineup. Christian Kirk trading for Zach Ertz. There's just so many ways that Kyler can beat defenses, not just with his legs, but with the plethora of pass catchers they have. Is he someone you're looking to captain at a high frequency today? Yeah, I like Kyler in the captain. I'll say I, I like him a little more on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's the most expensive captain, and it's not really that close. I think he's a little cost prohibitive over there on a site where you're only rostering five players to begin with. But Murray on DraftKings, I think, makes more sense there because of the price. And that's essentially what it comes down to on both these platforms is where am I getting these guys and what other studs can I jam in? But Kyler Murray, he still pops with a positive leverage score. He's the second highest in terms of the frequency in which he's the top overall score based on our tools. Still a lot of positive leverage to be had with Murray. The thing that sucks about Arizona is unlike the Rams where, yeah, you do have Cup and, and you have Jefferson and, and Odell and Higby, but it's really just those four, not including Sonny Michelle. With Arizona, you have a lot. You have Hopkins, who has returned. You have Christian Kirk. You have Zach Ertz. You have A.J. Green. You have Rondell Moore. It's not 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 to mention James Conner, obviously, even that one additional pass catcher that you throw into the mix, Matt, makes things that much more difficult. And then you've got a guy in Antoine Wesley playing 21% of snaps last week, playing a lot of snaps before uh, DeAndre Hopkins return. What do you make of these guys and how the hell do we prioritize them? This is tough. 
It is. I think we can go back on the larger sample throughout Hopkins' career. No, he's the very clear wide receiver one. No real issues with him. And I do think you might be buying in at the floor with Hopkins. He's not super cheap, but typically we're seeing this guy like priced above 10K on DraftKings. So I think you might be getting him at a little discount compared to the ceiling. And like you mentioned earlier in the show, it's not like Arizona really had to put their foot on the gas last week with Hopkins. So some of the reduced target volume coming off the injury, I do think that positively regresses in the future. So he's number one. And I think the clarity from there is where things start to get a little bit weird. Christian Kirk and AJ Green are kind of the two and the three for me, but I don't have a real strong preference between them. And you can get AJ Green at a pretty decent price today. Kirk isn't bad himself. So those are two guys I see myself trying to split between because ultimately when you're talking about the flex spot, it's only a 600 price difference between them. Kirk at 5,600, Green at 48. And you could honestly even throw Ertz in there at 54 because he lines up in the slot so much and they'll do, they do use him as a pure receiver. Between those three with the similar opportunity they're seeing and their similar prices, I think that's a spot where you're just mixing and mashing them in tournaments and trying to get exposure to all three. I'm always kind of interested to see what the Vegas props look like for these guys in terms of receiving yards. And you've got Kirk at 46 and a half, right? You've got Hopkins at 58 and a half. You have the, uh, Rondell Moore, I think, what was he, 22 and a half, Matt? When we spoke earlier, I can't find it right now. Yes. 22 and a half. So th that's th – none of them are going to be wildly different, but the biggest thing is none of them are going to be that high. Obviously, it's DeAndre Hopkins getting the most, but he's not cheap, and he's what? Not, if you wanted to captain DeAndre Hopkins, you're paying 14 4 for him. It, to put that in context, it, would you rather captain DeAndre Hopkins or Matthew Stafford, who aren't that far apart? For me, I'd still rather go Stafford. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins or James Conner, that's tough because, you know, obviously James Conner has been targeted a lot. He has two receiving touchdowns since Edmonds went down, and he has 20-plus carries in three or four games. But I'm just having a tough time, and maybe you can convince me or you can back it up, convince me otherwise or back it up that Hopkins at, at almost 14,500 at captain seems a little sketchy here. The only reason you're captaining him is ownership, and this has to be in large field tournaments because he's coming in at 6%. And if he just goes back to a vintage DeAndre Hopkins performance, that's what you're looking for at really low ownership. But like you said, taking a look at our projections, I think that widely distributed target share is reflected. And he's projected pretty significantly behind Cop, Murray, Stafford. Even Sony Michelle has nearly four points in projection on him. So why wouldn't you just save the 3K and still take a wildly positively leveraged Sony Michelle? That's where I'm going in low risk contest in pro probably most tournament lineups because I think there's ways you can build little contrarian spots within that, even though you have like Sony as a captain or something. But Hopkins at 5% captain ownership, I think it's at least worth looking at. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Large Would field only too. Like it, I, think, I think that's a large field tournament play. Would you rather have... Odell Beckham at their obviously price points factored in ownership factored in. Would you rather have Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins at captain? 
I think DeAndre Hopkins, but it's very, very slight, very slight. DeAndre Hopkins has like the slightest positive leverage score. Odell Beckham has the slightest negative one. And I think when you're just looking at these players in their respective offenses, there's a chance DeAndre Hopkins just goes back to that pure alpha receiver. He's been hurt a lot this year. Some of their games have been non-competitive like their last one, so they didn't need to use him. I don't think Odell Beckham's eclipsing Cooper Cup at any time. So I think there's just that outside chance that Hopkins could access the ceiling that Beckham doesn't have. Bobby Boom says, quick question, gun to your head, half point PPR, Odell or Van? No one puts a metaphorical gun to my head. You don't know a movie that's from, do you? No, no. but the quote is kind of funny. It's great. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's Ken Jong when he's uh, a therapist in couples retreat. Anyway, it was fun. Made me laugh. I don't even know the context. Yeah, it's, it was a good scene. But uh, Odell or Van Jefferson? See, I that's, like, but, go no, ahead, I was, sorry. I was just going to say, that's, it's not really, like, okay, in a vacuum, probably Van Jefferson, but their price points are, 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 are noticeably different. And I, I, I like, that was kind of the issue I have. I like both of these guys quite a bit. I mean, I don't know, they're, there's not a whole lot that separates them, including ownership today. I would give a slight lean to Beckham. I think there's just some potential for untapped talent in this offense. He's still being integrated in. So just maybe you see a little more out of him, but this is the slightest of preferences splitting hairs. All right. So Chase Edmonds has till four o'clock to be active. They have four to four o'clock to activate him. And then at the same time, he'll be, a game time decision, even if he's activated. I'm leaning towards him not playing, but we can take both sides of this one. If he doesn't play, it's hard not to, to consider James Conner as somebody that will once again get a ton of work. I mean, check this out, Matt. In the four weeks he's played without Edmonds, I'm including week nine, Edmonds played one, one single snap and was out. So that was, a, that was a, a Conner game. His carries have been 20, 21, 10, and 21. His target counts have been five, four, six, and two. And he scored at least one touchdown in every one of those games. He has six touchdowns over that stretch. He has been one of the most reliable and dependable running backs since Chase Edmonds went down. It's been truly remarkable. And he's he's played well, too, with the volume, which I think is the most important part. Yeah, He hasn't been a slouch out there. He's been productive. And I mean, he's now handling just a premier feature back workload on one of the most explosive offenses in the entire NFL. And some of that has been done with without Kyler and he's still played really well. So I, I think the one thing you can say about his price, he's, he's priced as if Edmonds is out. And if Edmonds plays and we get like, he looks good in warmups, maybe like Schefter tweets, Edmonds looking good. He's going to go back and this is going to be a timeshare. Connor would become overpriced in that scenario. But if there's any question with Edmonds, and I think you even run the risk if you're looking at Edmonds that potentially Arizona just gets up in this game right away and then they, they lean on Connor from positive game script. We know that Edmonds' primary role is going to be pass catching, third down work, work in between the 20s, definitely not in the red zone. And if they're playing from a lead, that's Connor's skill set anyway. So I think there's room for, for Connor to be a pretty decent play depending on how this news shakes out. Exactly. Now, yes, if Edmonds plays, I, I have some serious concerns there because 
James Conner, he hasn't been that productive on the ground at all. He's actually struggled to produce uh, at, at, a, at an efficient clip on the ground, but he's averaging 12 yards per reception in these games that Edmonds has been out. It's pretty solid. He's actually, and that's the thing, Conner was never a bad pass catching back. He just wasn't as good as Edmonds. So what, what's the point? You know, I'm sure Edmonds is a fine goal line back. He's just nowhere as good as, as James Conner. If Edmonds sits, I think Connor once again becomes a extremely relevant option. There's no doubt. We have Chase Edmonds uh, in right now, so that will adjust. What if Edmonds is in? Are we doing with him? Not Connor, because we know that that's just very expensive. If Edmonds isn't expected to be limited or he's expected to get a decent amount of work, that hurts Connor a lot, especially that from a PPR standpoint. But what do you do with Edmonds, who's 4,600? If he's in, I think he's, he's going to be a full go and back to his workload, at least some capacity, which is, again, primarily pass catching. If they get up in this game, Edmonds probably doesn't get as much run. But this Arizona team has been extremely cautious with injuries. This is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and I think they are built for it. And we've seen the cautiousness with Kyler, with DeAndre Hopkins. These guys have missed multiple weeks with injuries we didn't necessarily think were going to be long absences, and Arizona's been very cautious with them. So if they're comfortable throwing Chase Edmonds out there when they have a very capable replacement in James Conner, that suggests to me that he should be out there for at least a decent amount of the workload he was seeing beforehand. And that does come with value in a very close projected game. He's not priced efficiently. And we like his role for DraftKings, especially. It's a lot of those cheap pass catching roles, the, the targets out of the backfield, which gives you a solid floor. And I think he would become kind of a rival play to some of these other really cheap options that people are considering at captain, like your Rondales or your Odell Beckhams. I think Edmonds would be another potential access point to just multiple studs on the slate. But again, that's all going to come down to whether he's active or not. Yeah. Uh, chat talking about, yes, he has an IR tag because he's still on the IR, but they can activate. Uh, and somebody said, somebody asked, uh, the Orlando kid, has anyone been activated from the IR that has actually played that week? I think most suit up and don't play. No, Julio Jones, just this week. Yeah, it happens like, all the it, time. It, it, there's definitely other cases. You and I have had this situation pop up, and I want to say at least like five showdowns this year. And a lot of them have played. Yeah, they have. It's, I mean, when you're on injured, like he's been practicing. Like you can go to Twitter right now, type in Chase Edmonds. You'll see footage of him on the practice field. That yep. doesn't doesn't mean he's going to play in the game or not, but like he's healthy enough to move around and stuff. We'll find out this information. Unfortunately, we just don't have it right now because of the rule structure with the NFL, but it will come and it will come before lock. Sterling, great question, man. He says, is this, or he asks, is this a, and hit that thumbs up guys, if you haven't done so yet. We got almost 350 in the house this morning. Talking Rams and Arizona Cardinals. Follow Matt too, Matt underscore Gajeski, me at Lafayette underscore D, and tilt the games with me each night. It, he said, Is this a double quarterback night? Hey, Matt, obviously, if, if we weren't salaries, the answer would be, Yeah, of course, play, uh, play Murray and Stafford in every lineup. But if you do so, and let's just assume you play one of them at captain, I'll throw, I'll throw Stafford in there, and then Murray, you're you're already going to be a little bit hamstrung. I mean, there's really no way you're getting Cooper cup in there and making a lineup that you feel great about. Yeah. It's a, again, there's 
there's two builds, I think, and you need to decide which one you're more comfortable with. If you captain one of the studs, and that doesn't have to be a QB, it could be Cup. If you captain one of those studs, you're likely only going to be able to roster one of the quarterbacks, or if you roster both, you can't get Cup. Or if you play a cheaper captain, like a Sony Michelle of Beckham, you could maybe even look at like a Chase Edmonds if he's active. Then you can get both quarterbacks pretty clearly, but you're going to have to punt somewhere else. Like you'll, the, the punt is going to come at the captain position. I personally right now am leaning towards the, the more expensive captain build and then either playing one of the quarterbacks or both and not cup in some tournament lineups. I think you just access a different ceiling, but I think it's close and I'm not sure which one I'm going to ultimately end up going within a majority of lineups right now. For sure. And I just made one real quick, just in the, in the 30 seconds you were talking, just to see what it would look like. They're not bad. I mean, it was Stafford, Murray, Beckham, Higby, Rondell Moore, and James Conner. That's not a bad lineup. It, it, there's still a lot of upside in a lineup like that. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. I guess that's the one thing. It's, it's a double-edged sword. That's the one thing that's kind of nice about Arizona is most a lot of these guys, these these secondary or, or peripheral options in Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, Zach Ertz, they're all pretty cheap. So that's the one good thing. Odell Beckham's not that expensive. Higby's not expensive. It's just if you're playing Stafford and Murray, are you foregoing Cooper Cup or are you just going to go real cheap after that? Are you not playing Sonny Michelle? I don't know. We'll build a lineup in just a second, Matt. And that'll be uh, one of the things we can, we can mess around with. Yeah. That's so. the, I think that's the biggest question right now is who you go with a captain. If you're playing multiple lineups, obviously you don't have as much of this, but right now I, I ran optimals with our projections and it was something like the top nine had either chase Edmonds or Rondell Moore captains. And that's obviously to save salary. So you can jam in Stafford, Kyler cup, as well as Sony Michelle. And then you also have some salary left over for a pretty decent flex play to round out your lineup. So I found that very interesting. I, I'm very curious to see how projections change with the Edmonds news because they certainly will. So make sure you catch live before lock. But as of right now, the cheaper captains are getting a slight preference in our projections. Yeah, good call on that too. Live before lock, 7.15 Eastern time. You got Eric Lindquist. Uh, you have Matt Savoka. You've got Neil, you've got Neil Orfield, all these guys going to put together a great show for you. NBA live before lock, deeper dive at five and six o'clock. So hang with us throughout the day. All of that stuff, necessary viewing if you're playing NBA or NFL today. And I don't know if I mentioned it yet. I don't think I did. We have free content on the site today. NFL, what, what do we have? The rankings are free. I was hoping we'd have tough uh, showdown tools, but I believe is the rankings, which are also solid. NFL showdown rankings, uh, NBA player rankings, NHL player rankings, all of those entirely free. You don't need an account. You don't need to sign up for any of that. You can check it out. But if you are interested, say you want to check out everything we've got, all the tools built by the number one ranked DFS player out there, Osimo himself, as you'll see in the Osimo Hall of Fame segment tonight uh, on the shows. A lot of big winners lately using these very tools. You want to check it out. You want to get 25% off. Use the promo code NFL Stra NFL Showdown, all one word, all caps. When you go to awesome.com slash join, get 25% off your first week. That's the ownership tool, the top stack tool, the boom bust tool, lineup builder, optimal plays tool that Matt and I have talked about, the, the top plays tool for showdowns, all of that stuff. Tiers, 
anything you want for football, basketball, hockey, MMA, PGA, NASCAR, eSports, everything. If they have contests out there, we have content for it. We've got you covered. All the best tools, the best projections you're going to find. NFL Showdown, one word, all caps, 25% off your first week. And if you're just trying to dip your toes in, you can get an express pass for under $4 for NFL. And that includes all of the Showdown content as well, which, Matt, I try and tell people, if you're going to take advantage of the Showdown stuff, you're going to take advantage of the fact that you have an express pass with all the showdown. Why not do it on a week where you have like Thanksgiving or where you've got multiple Saturday games on top of all the other showdown sites. It just makes sense. That's coming up this week. Yeah. Well, Saturday games. Yeah, man. I think two weeks in a row, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. They always do that when college football ends. It is a prime time to take advantage, advantage of this. Cause you're not only getting Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night. And not to mention, there are showdowns during the main slate. There's always noon and 3 p.m. showdowns, depending on right. your time zone on Central. And now you get two for Saturday. It's amazing. That's like less than four bucks. So if you want to go the Express Pass route, you can do that as well. Awesome.com slash join. Hopefully we see you guys over there. And use the Discord. Hop into our premium Discord. Join the Office Hours channel where you've got the pros uh, answering your questions, helping you better your game, and all of that great stuff. All right, you ready uh, to line, build a lineup here, or is there anything else you want to hit on with the Cardinals? Um, I, I don't think there's too much. I think Rondale is – we should probably just touch on him briefly because – Yeah, sure. He pops in our projections. He pops in projections across the industry. But I think he's very volatile. With DeAndre Hopkins coming back into the fold, I think that could potentially reduce his target share. But you're also dealing with a potential upgrade in efficiency. They haven't had Kyler for a lot of the time that Rondell has been seeing a significant target share. So do those potentially offset? Right now, looking at books around the industry, he's projected, and you mentioned this, at 22 and a half receiving yards. We have been pretty significantly over that. And he does pop in a lot of our optimal lineups. But he could be somebody that's maybe affected by Chase Edmonds, the receiving back. I'm not entirely sure there. I think there's a lot of volatility with him, but also a lot of upside because he kind of is schemed those gadgety type plays anyway. So he does bring an element of safety. I'm not sure what to do with him, but how do you view him? It's tough, man. It's really tough. I, I would, I, I think I've settled on this. He's really, really cheap. And he does have the ability to create after the catch. You know, the first few weeks of the season, he led the league in yards after the catch by a mile because he had a negative A dot. No, I mean, <laughs> seriously, though, he had like a, an A dot of half a yard or something crazy. At, at that price, in a game like this with that high of a total, I'm willing to take some shots. It's that simple. If he's going to be $2,000, I think he should probably be a little bit more expensive than that. I'll, I'll take my chances. Hope he gets a few. Tar I, I throw last game out the window because Hopkins had two targets too. Murray only threw 15 times. If I can get like four or five targets from Rondell Moore at that price, hope that he breaks one of them, which he's capable of doing, even though recently he has not been doing that. Uh, that he's really been tied up and they found a way to slow him down. I I'll get to plenty of Rondell Moore tonight. I, I will. I'm pretty certain of it. Yeah. I think he's completely fine too. All right, let's build a lineup and then hand this one over to the NBA strategy show. That's a must watch as well. Nine games today. Josh Ingleman, Adam share coming up right after this started the captain spot, Matt large field tournament hit me. I think we could do Sony Michelle and have a very positive leverage score, but obviously you're playing to a very specific game environment where probably the Rams get up and he can access a ceiling, but I like the salary. He saves you. All right, screw it. Let's go Sony Michelle. 
So it's not going to cost us too much up there. I'll go. I'm going to go Kyler on the other side. Love Kyler. I think we should play cup too for the safety. He actually, you know what? Would you rather play Stafford or cup? Because I'm not sure we'll have enough for both. I, I want to try. I would like to try with Stafford and see if we can build a nice lineup here. Yeah, I, I think so too, because my thought with that is you could potentially get some leverage with a Beckham at a cheaper price because with touchdowns, like say Beckham scores two, cup just has his moderate game, but doesn't score. Beckham could still outscore him. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely doable. Um, if he's uh, Mike, you don't don't time him out. Just get rid of him if he's gonna if if he's gonna don't if if he's gonna spread fake news uh, bullshit about Edmonds, then get rid of him. Uh, I'll go Rondell Moore, Matt. How about that? Let's see what happens if we go Rondell Moore, and and it opens up. Okay, so right now we have Sony Stafford, Kyler, and Rondell. Yes. Okay, so we still have a pretty decent amount of salary left Rondell opens up a lot he does I think we can play either a Van Jefferson or an Odell Beckham to stack with Stafford I prefer Odell slightly do you have any qualms with that no not at all I think all right let's see what we can get 94 oof dead zone Matt so we just missed James Conner we just missed Hopkins we could play Van that's a very large kind of LA onslaught at that point you can save some salary going down to Kirk. It is kind of a dead zone. What if we go Higby, Higby Hopkins? We could do that. We could go Higby Hopkins for sure. Or, you know, I don't even hate the idea of going to like a Kirk or an Ertz or something like that, because if you're talking about a large field tournament, leaving 4K on the table isn't the craziest notion. And this isn't a bad lineup. I agree with you. And we have premier pass catchers, like players that are very involved because of the concentrated offenses. Odell, he's going to be on the field almost every snap. Yeah, I like it. I don't mind that at all. All right. I like it too. All right. Before we get out of here, final thought. What's up? Ertz or Kirk, either one of them. Before we get out of here, Matt, uh, final thoughts on the game. Prediction, what do you think this final score is for tonight? I like Arizona. I think the game is going to be close, though. I'm going to put this at 27-24. With oh, Arizona that's exactly the score I had. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take – let's Which go 30-27 no. then. 27-24 makes the most sense because they have 26.5 and 24.5 implied totals, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'll change it up a little. I'll go 31-24 Arizona. I, I think they get them by around the touchdown, but I still think it's a one-score game and it's close. But, yeah, I'm on the same page. I, I think I, I don't have a good read on either side of this game, like getting out of control or anything. So, anyway, thanks to you guys for watching. As always, this has been a fun one. We'll be back later with Live Before Lock and, of course, NBA Deeper Dive and Strat or Live Before Lock as well. Josh and Adam coming up, same channel. Don't go anywhere. Check out the NBA strategy show for tonight's nine-game slate. Catch you back here later tonight. Peace.